Hi, this is Robert Kiyosaki, and you're listening to Entrepreneur Circle, Eric Cabral. On this episode, the estate planning component and the estate planning game that you can play with real estate is amazing. It is just mind boggling, and that's the stuff that keeps me challenged. It's like, okay, I see there's this opportunity there. Oh, it's in an opportunity zone? Great. Okay, well, how does estate planning play into this opportunity zone with my folks' properties that might be fully depreciated? Oh, okay. So they could sell a property, move all their money into the opportunity zone. That funds the development of the new building. And then my kids are partners in that, and we get the management, or my company gets the management, or my family's company. Look, we all win. Hey there, folks, and welcome to the Entrepreneur Circle, where we built a community that shares lessons learned throughout our journeys, celebrate wins, our eureka moments, and embrace the F word, meaning failure, which I've come to realize that failure is success in progress. I'm Eric Cabral, your host, a husband, a father of two brilliant girls, and I've been called a heart-centered entrepreneur by my peers and mentors. My mission in life is to make the world a better place, one mic at a time. So I'm happy and humble to have you join in on that mission. And I hope that by the end of the show, we would have added value in your life. So if you're ready to jump into the circle, let's get to it. Hey, I'm so glad you're here because I don't often get the opportunity to share with you exactly what I do and what we do here at On Air Brands. So we help the folks in our community and our clients to launch a podcast and then produce them on a weekly basis. We also help to promote each episode with close to a dozen social media posts that consist of quote cards, sound bites, and video clips. And then we post them for you on your socials automatically. So if you're a business owner with a ton on your plate, and a podcast just seems super overwhelming, I get it. We don't need one more thing to worry about. So let me and my team at On Air Brands do the heavy lifting each week so that you can focus on what you do best, which is to build your business, have more time to pour into your family and your community, or just plain chill and recharge. So feel free to email me at eric at On Air Brands so that we can book time together to chat about how we can align with your mission and how you can align with ours, which is to make the world better one mic at a time. Now back to the show. Welcome back, folks, to another episode of The Entrepreneur Circle. I'm your most happy and humbled host as usual. I got an amazing dude for you to listen to, learn, and love as I do as he begins to share some of his story, some of the lessons learned through failure, all the things that we love to talk about here on The Entrepreneur Circle. And before I give you a little bit of a taste of who he is, I want to first welcome Mr. Nate Fisher. Welcome, brother. Thank you for having me. Appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely, man. So for those who don't know, uh, Nate's a family man. He's a business owner. He loves music. So he's a music lover. And he's also a real estate guy. I love real estate investors. I love my real estate brothers uh, from other mothers. <laughs> and uh, he's also a mountain guy. He, he loves riding in the mountains and hiking in the mountains. And he's currently in his home in Breckenridge. Uh, so 
I'm excited to get into a little bit of the reason why you love that so much as, as well as the reason for your company, uh, P10. Uh, we started talking about that before the mics turned off. So I'll, I'll let you take that away before we jump into your Eureka moment. Yeah. So, uh, so, you know, I've, I've had a huge passion for the mountains most of my life and, and, uh, you know, same thing with, with my family, we all love the mountains and skiing is such a, and riding, whatever you like to do. I just like to go down the mountain, right? Uh, we do it as a family all the time, been coming to Breckenridge for 30 years. So it, it is appropriate that my passion for real estate and skiing does come together. And the name of my company is peak 10 group. And let's see if I could point to let's see peak 10 is, right over here on the mountain. So I'll yeah. be after this, I'll be going out there and riding the mountain that has my, uh, my namesake on it. So oh, with man. my family. So I'm excited about that. Yeah. It's so cool, man. Um, what a, what a wonderful sport. And also the fact that, um, GoBundance loves, uh, most of GoBundance members love, uh, especially the elders skiing as well. So typically our events uh, revolve around areas that, uh, that cater to that. So Breckenridge is a great place, Utah, all the places that we've been. Uh, but yeah, letting everybody know that you are fellow GoBro. And uh, that is how we met and how we're connected. But I want to get into your story, brother, on um, your 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 Eureka moment. So anything in, in life or business that caused a major pivot or change? Well, you know, I think there's a there's a couple things on the on the on the business front. Um, you know, I guess a couple moments, you know, Probably uh, coming out of uh, or going into the Great Recession, um, you know, I had I had sort of put Peak Tent dormant for a little while and went back to work for the family business, which is multifamily. And I can get into growing up in a multifamily family. Are we in 08? But Are you talking I, about the uh, 2007-2008 time frame? Yeah, yeah. I, uh, you know, I grew up in a, in a multifamily family, meaning I grew up around this business uh, of owning investment, multifamily investment property my whole life. And so, you know, uh, have a degree from Ohio State in real estate and, you know, just sort of skipping forward, uh, if you will, to the Eureka moment. Here I am going, there's not a lot of work. It's 2008, 2009. My wife and I are thinking about having our second child and I go back to the work for, work for the, in the family business and I'm making $12 an hour. In, uh, in the day, in the family business in the day, delivering pizzas at night and contemplating whether I have my second child. I'm like, what the heck am I doing? So that was sort of a personal and professional eureka. Like, I got to figure this out. I've got to, I've got to really get focused. And because I know that th at that moment, that wasn't the answer, uh, was, uh, was delivering pizzas at night and working real estate in the day and doing the grind. So, that was kind of a, a real big turning point of let's get really, really focused on things. Yeah. What what was sort of the things that were sort of nagging at you or picking at you in terms of that time frame of your life where you're having your second child? Uh, you feel like you were grinding a lot? Were you putting a lot of hours into the family business? And then also um, the family business wasn't paying you enough. So you actually had to go get a second job hustling <laughs> and slinging pizzas. Um, yeah, what was sort of the mind frame then? Um, and did you approach, was the family, because I know family dynamics and business uh, can be kind of challenging when it comes to like speaking up or, or you know, there's all sorts of different layers and degrees of, of challenges within. So yeah, what, what was sort of happening at that time? You know, we had a, my, my mom and dad had built a great um, apartment business. You know, we're owner operators, 
and it's now 50 years. It's been going on for 50 years. And so, you know, I knew that um, I wanted to be in the business, didn't know where I fit. And that means both fit professionally as well as within the family. And, you know, I had an older brother who had worked his whole life in the family business. And I had seen the the ups and downs of the relationship uh, with my folks, my brother. And I didn't necessarily know that I wanted to, to, to do that. And I always knew that that my family business was a great engine that would launch me to the next stage. And so I looked at the guys and, you know, we're in the family business is anything from a, a, a double to a 200 unit complex, all scattered sites, C-class property. And I really cut my teeth managing that uh, for about eight years. And so I, you know, through 2018 and I knew that there was more and I wasn't sure how to get there. So I'm looking around and I'm going, how do these guys finance these 200 unit value add deals. And another, another, you know, pivotal moment, Eric, was I was sitting in a car with my, with my buddy and we're looking at each other. We had, we had just bought our first big complex and that was, that was on the trying to figure it out stage in 2013. And it was like, how, how, how do these guys, how do they do these 200 unit value add deals? I'm like, we got to figure this out. We're smart people. And that was our goal. That was our. That was another pivotal moment. I remember we're in Austin on I-35 in traffic, going, "We're f- we're going to figure this out, man. We're going to figure this out." And so that was another moment. It was like, okay, I've got the family engine. We're going to figure out how to do these really big deals, and we did. And then we were off to the races for a few years in the Texas market. So that was sort of outside of the family business that 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 the business grew. Um, so that was another moment. Of, of getting to the next level. And, and I knew that I would get there. I just didn't know how. And I'm good at knowing where I need to be. I just don't always have the roadmap. I'm curious. So you sat with your friend in your car and you said, you know, we're going to figure out how they do this. You know, I guess, you know, raising capital wasn't necessarily a common, you know, I'm guessing maybe it was, a, a, you know, a phrase in the family business, especially. Uh, why not go to your your uncle or your dad or your, your mother, whoever was managing the business, uh, and ask those questions. Well, it, you know, we we didn't know what we didn't know, and so growing up in a in a family business that's owner operator, we didn't really understand that much about the collaboration and the partnerships that we see today that are so prevalent. And that's what makes this community so great is the collaboration and the partnership. And the and and frankly, like what you just hit on is the wealth of knowledge. Like there wasn't these shows, there wasn't all these seminars and there wasn't all these coaches and there wasn't all these people in 2008 through 2012. And, you know, we weren't in the family. We weren't used to partnering and collaborating and raising capital and syndication. We didn't know what we didn't know. And that was part of what we had to figure out is I'll call it the more modern day, the way that, that uh, people are doing real estate today. We just didn't know that. And we had to figure that out. And there wasn't, you know, a thousand YouTube shows and a thousand YouTube channels to go learn. We had to find the right people and talk to the right, talk to the right people and learn. We had to educate ourselves because there wasn't the roadmap out there like there is today. Question about that. Uh, from a personal level, like, so so I have fam- people in my family who are very wealthy in terms of, um, they, they did it in stock, not necessarily real estate the way we're doing it. Um, it's funny how those don't play together. Like to the people who invest in stock always hesitate in, in something solid, like, you know, in brick and mortar uh, and then say vice versa. But anyway, you know, because I try to convince them to, to come over to this side, get some hard assets. Uh, but whenever I ask, particularly my father-in-law, how he did it, um, he just can't teach. He does, he, he's brilliant, 
but he doesn't know how to share the knowledge in terms of like actionable steps, tactics, strategies. He just knows. He's like, look into the company. If you like the owner, do it. And I'm like, no, no, give me a breakdown of how to. So did you have those challenges as well where like the people that you're talking to and your family, like were they able to impart knowledge or in a digestible form? Was that part of the challenge, I'm, I'm, I'm guessing? For sure, for sure. I mean, you know, the way that, that my father you know, did, did real estate and my mother and somewhat my brother was just, you know, different, you know, their, their strategy was very different than today. They, and, and like you said, very conservative. And so it was, okay, let's buy a property. Let's do the rehab out of cash flow. Let's put a 15 year fully amortizing loan on here. And, you know, it was the, the, maybe they were scared of the leverage piece that, that we have today. And I mean, we could get into a whole other topic about the economy and the market today with leverage. But, you know, they were ultra conservative on the debt side. And so what, you, you know, I think what what you're hitting on or, or is that I had to educate them a little bit on using debt the way that we use it today. And also they, they have they were they and they're still my partners today. My brother and sister are great partners. They're amazing partners. And we're in a lot of deals together and my mother and father, too. But if you're active real estate investors and always in the active GP bucket and, and a friends and family, it's the transition over to becoming a limited partner, which sometimes is a challenge on the, on the family side. They're like, wait a minute, we don't own 100% of the deal? How, how does that work? That's just the mindset of when you're used to owning 100% of the deal and now you only own you know, 17 or 20, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a mindset shift that has to happen. And you know, as we get older, and as my 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 mother and father are eight, you know are aged up, they're eighty three and eighty. You know they don't need to be active investors. It's okay to be a limited partners, and sometimes that's a hard pill to swallow when you've been the active guy and you've been the the person out front. And and so just shifting to a that's that, it's just a different mindset that you have to shift, and sometimes that takes a while. Yeah, it's amazing. Uh, what's fascinating to me is the is the family dynamics when it comes to businesses. Because uh, I know there's so many layers and um, and emotions involved, it's it's it's. I'm so curious about the fact that um, you 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 know, for for lack of a better term, you know, where you were the outlier uh, in the business, where like yes, you were you were you were operating in it, and you were somewhat of a a cog within the machine, not knowing the full parts and pieces and the holistic picture. So you stepped out of it. And you're like, you know, I'm just gonna figure this out on my own. And what was so cool about that, Nate, is you brought new concepts and ideas that they had no idea or comfortable uh, levels uh, to, to execute on these, but you were doing it and, and leading by example. Where do you think that came from? Like who, who in your family, what books or what was influencing you to kind of like, I'm just going to kind of play in the space, but like do my own thing. And I don't care what they think. Or did you care what they think? <laughs> it, there's a lot to that question. Let me try yeah. to answer it. Um, you know, I'm always, like I said, I don't always know how to get there, but I know where I'm going and I'm not afraid to ask for help and find the people that know. And so that's what I love about the community, especially GoBundance and, and all the real estate. Everyone's really willing to help. So it was just finding those people and I could ask those questions too. And that's sort of, you know, what, what I'd like to do is, is help other people out, right? Like, and collaborate. But yeah, I mean, it, you know, the grind on the way up when you have a group of, of people that are doing it one way and you think that there's a better way that there is a lot of family dynamics there. And, you know, I did quickly realize that the family business, while I love it, it's super profitable and, and but I could make it more profitable. And I wasn't going to turn the family business into the shiny red Ferrari that I knew that I needed to go to the next level. And so while I was working in the family business, I, 
I realized, again, the cost structure, I went out and bought um, a portfolio of 400 units in Dayton, Ohio, and we started a new cost structure that was sort of connected a little bit to the family business, but it didn't it didn't have all the, the, the legacy expense of service centers or trucks or dump trucks or whatever that, that the family business had. And so that allowed us to have the proper cost structure to bring in outside money and do these syndications. At the same time, you know, my family owned and family-related entities owned 51% of that deal. So you see how we're transitioning from owning 100% where now we might only own 51 or, and, and, and so it's this slow education process. And, I, and I'll, I'll tell you, it was a real grind, Eric. I mean, and it still is a grind today. And, and I, I, I think of my superpower as the glue that keeps the family together. Um, and it's not without a lot of, you know, I, I ground and I still grind, but you know, it, there was a, there was a lot of blood, sweat and tears. And I ended up with a very bad drinking problem that, uh, that I had through uh, 2018, actually in, in uh, April 19th, <clears throat> excuse me, April 19th, it'll be four years without a, any alcohol in my life. Oh, congratulations. And that was, thank you. And that was a huge, another pivotal moment was, uh, was getting myself clean and sober. And, and, you know, then life just hockey sticked, right? Uh, I had the clarity. Um, I had the health. My family was like, you know, my marriage was good, but that grind Dude, I'm telling you, I ended up with that problem, and it was not good. Mm. And and you know, to, to the people out there who are listening to this, get some help. You can do it. Get your mind focused. It'll change your life. Yeah. Was there any eureka moment that you're 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 willing to share, or you know, impart some wisdom in terms of like what was the eye opener? Like what was was there a rock bottom, or was there something that you're like, yeah, this is this has to change? Yeah, man, it was. Uh, it was it was during Lent, and my my uh, man, that's this is rough, dude. Uh, my youngest son said, uh, "Dad, will you give up vodka for Lent?" And I was like, "Oh shit, man!" I'm like, "This is I got to do something. I don't want them to see me being the drunk that I was." You know, I had a, this is a, a seven year old, and I had a, a twelve year old, and I just didn't want them to see me like that. And that was that was that was brutal, dude. And that was the moment that I'm like, I have got to get this together for them and the rest of the family. So that was that. Yeah, man. Yeah. Sorry about that. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. No, 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 no apologies needed, brother. Um, I just to share mine, and I don't think I've I've ever said this out loud to anyone. Um, and now I'll do it on my show with you. Uh, we were getting married. Uh, to, to 2008 and my wife said can you not drink until after the ceremony after the party like and then i was counting the minutes brother counting the minutes until the music stopped and then i can go nuts it was it was and i didn't realize i had a problem either and i'm actually i didn't realize until i'm telling you now <laughs> that i that i had a similar moment and where my wife asked me can you please not drink um until cuz yeah who knows what i would have done uh during the wedding God knows. And you've been to, I'm sure, weddings or maybe have been <laughs> the life of the party at some of these weddings. Um, you just let loose, man. It's crazy, especially, um, you know, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. You can't, can't deny it, right? It's it's fun at times, most of the times. And 
But anyway, thank you for sharing that, brother. I appreciate well, that. Well, thank you for sharing too. And and man, that's uh, I can relate. I can hundred percent relate. Looking at my watch, going counting the minutes. Yeah, I can totally, totally quick, relate. Quick, another <laughs> another quick thing that yeah. I'd like to share with you in a vulnerable moment. In that, um, um, you know, the first child, you know, Veronica, she was she was a baby, she was an infant, and I remember I'll never forget this, bro. It was Easter, uh, two thousand fourteen, and she was putting her to bed upstairs, and she came down. I was drinking and smoking with my family, my father, my brother-in-law, my brothers, and boom, uh, I, I was lit. I was feeling pretty good. And she says, I'm so tired. The baby's crying. Can you go upstairs? Dude, no joke. I'm holding Veronica and I'm swaying back and forth. Like I'm going to fall. And that was it. I was like, I'm a father. What the heck am I doing? I got to stop this party life. Uh, And it sounds like around the same time frame, you little ones in your life too, right? It's like, that's when you realize I have to be somebody else for them in order. Yeah, I'm drinking yeah, I'm drinking vodka in the parking lot of soccer practice. What the fuck am I doing? Yeah. What the fuck? I've got yeah. to drive a uh, – I mean, what am I doing? I'm driving eight-year-olds home from soccer, and I had a bottle of that, that a drink in my hand. What am I doing? Yeah, it's amazing how your body can actually uh, adjust and you can function – there would be times where I'd get home. I can't believe this is happening. It's like, what is this? this is like a meeting here. But um, you're, you're giving me flashbacks. I would get home, dude, and I wouldn't remember how I got there. And I would think like, what am I doing? And then I would get into the, I, w- I would be too embarrassed to go up to bed. I would lay on the couch and my wife would wake up the next morning. Like, what? What were you doing? How did you get home? I don't, I don't know. That's so irresponsible. <laughs> but anyway, I might have to edit this stuff out, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you for sharing because then you're you're actually you're giving welcome. me an opportunity to kind of just make peace with that version of myself. So let's go there, man. No like problem. the peace, and I know it's work every day. Um and 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 the celebration, you know, because you you, you yeah. said you know it's it's been years, right? Since 2018. Can you talk about that journey for those who are listening that are relating to what we're saying? How how can you do it? How can you continue doing that? Is it love and support from others? Is it having a goal in your head? Is it the kids? What are the things that you use to keep you on that track? I just, uh, you know, for me, uh, I'm, I'm very focused and, uh, I knew that, that I would run, I would run, I would get to the end of my, I would, without hitting a rock bottom, I knew that the, the time and in true real estate fashion, dude, listen to this. I'm in the middle of closing a real estate, large real estate transaction. I'm like, my wife's like, you need to go today. And I knew I was at the end of my road. And I'm like, well, hold on. We're, we're, the deal's closing next week. So I negotiated. And actually, my sister was in the room too and my mother. And I said, guys, we're getting ready to close this deal. I swear to God, the day this deal closes, I'll get on that plane and I'll go to treatment. And I wanted to go to treatment. I wanted to get help. So I was there and I was focused. And I, and I knew that if I, if I got there and I, and I paused for, for 28 days and focused on me and I found the right place. So if anybody is not sure where to go, Connect with me. I'll tell you about where I went and how I did it as a professional. And I was still able to maintain my business and run things. And so I knew that if I got there and made and took that pause, I would be good. Um, and then, you know, quick plug for the, the Go Abundance. There is a micro tribe, a GoBro recovery tribe. We meet on Tuesday nights via Zoom. It's awesome for anybody out there. You know, connect with me. I'll get you plugged into that. Yeah. Um, and so I knew that if I just got focused and it's in my family and I have my brother just celebrated 28 years of sobriety. 
here about uh, a month ago. And so I just knew that the day would come and I had to get really focused. And I'm honestly, I can never imagine life like that again. I, I don't want to wake up in the mornings feeling like crap and my productivity is just off the charts, mm-hmm. man. So it's getting focused and, yeah. and, and, and staying focused on it. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I, and I did not know Go Abundance that we had a uh, micro tribe for recovery. That's great to know. Um, Started in Tahoe this year. That was the very first meeting. So yeah, thanks for sharing that. Yeah, yeah. So any Go Bros listening, um, you know, and you know, yeah, you know, the trust level is so super high. Um, somebody reach out mm-hmm. to to Nate here. Um, yeah. So yeah, I love I love the. The the idea of you being the glue. Uh, let's dive a little bit into that. Uh, in terms of you know you you keep it all together. You know you talk you talk about your you know we've had conversations offline where you say you're the air traffic controller. Let's let, let's let's <laughs> share a little bit of the the details behind that description. Well, you know I I I think that the the parts of you know there's the real estate the day to day right. There's the buying, there's what we do in the day to day of the value adds or how you buy a property. But I like the upper level, which really keeps me going. It, the, it's super challenging. It's like 4D chess, right? It's okay. I have three, I literally have three generations of real estate people that I'm working with. I have my kids and my, my brother and sister's kids who are partners in a lot of our deals. And I have my mother and father who, so the estate planning component and the estate planning game that you can play with real estate is amazing. It is, just mind-boggling and that's the stuff that keeps me challenged it's like okay i see there's this opportunity there oh it's in an opportunity zone great okay well how does estate planning play into this opportunity zone with my folks properties that might be fully depreciated oh okay so they could sell a property move all their money into the opportunity zone that funds the development of the new building and then my kids are partners in that and we get the management or my company gets management, or my family's company. Look, we all win. Like, and so if I can find solutions, and that is the glue, and, and the glue can be, you know, trying to keep us all, you know, I'm literally on vacation with my sister here, and we're trying not to talk about business, and that's part of the glue is if we have some family time. <laughs> um, but it's all those things that that and educating the younger people. It's keeping us all together without killing each other. And all making as much money as possible. So I like those challenging equations of how can we all win all three generations on these deals. Yeah, it's exciting what you said and what you shared there. And I'm sure people are like, op zones or what are you talking about? Uh, you know, you can look all these things up, but there's different ways that you can, uh, you know, we talked about early, you know, lever- leveraging debt. Um, and also having creative financial solutions to things where as it, yeah. there are rules that were created. Think monopoly or cash flow, the cash flow game, um, where if you play by the rules, there's all sorts of ways you can navigate. And and like you said, everybody wins. Um, you yeah. just have to be creative. W- were you always that creative sort of type that can, you know, outside of finance, were you always like doing other things that were creative and solution oriented like that? Well, yeah, I mean, I think I, I not think, I know I got that, you know, from my father and he's a super creative guy and uh, gave me great work ethic and almost to a fault. I talk about this with my wife. I waste too much time trying to teach myself new things. I'm like, especially, you know, like, okay, why do I have to be an expert in how to edit a YouTube video? Why do I, ha-? and I'll spend time just, I'm always teaching myself something that I could probably pay somebody else to do, but I. I like to learn things. And so, 
That's one of my goals is to maybe not, I don't know how to skin that. How do I not spend so much time teaching myself these things that I probably don't need to know? So no, it, it, I think in this business and, and with a three generations of family members, you have to be creative. And that is the, whether it's the financing or it's the state planning or wills and trusts, uh, again, and pl- how do you play in the rules and, and, and maximize your, your, your game? I love it, dude. Um, I, I, I want to go a little bit deeper on this and then, um, and then, and then kind of land this bird, uh, shortly. But, um, when it comes to, you know, sort of inheriting, not just the, the real estate bug and, and the mindset and, and, and 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 building your own as well, um, and 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 also partnering with family. Uh, legacy is a big word that's often used and thrown around, especially in real estate or just business entrepreneurship. Uh, what does that look like for you, brother? Like, what are you? Because like, clearly, there's no real want or need. You have legacy wealth. Um, um, I'm guessing from from the generations, uh, uh, you know, just stacked and com- compounded. So what is it for you and your family that, that you want to do in terms of your, your legacy? Yeah. You know, I think it's a couple things. It's, it's, um, it's creating, um, multi-generational wealth and then creating a structure that is responsible. And, and I, when I mean responsible, like, okay, you know, how do you handle your, your kids or, or your adult kids or your younger kids? create a structure so they can be a part of it. They don't have to be in your business, but whether it's, you know, like you said, you know, there is wealth there and how do you dole that out or control that in a responsible manner? So they're ready to handle um, the situation that's going to be dumped upon them. And whether that's wealth or it's estate planning, you know, I think estate planning is incredibly important in this game. So you don't leave them a big pile of something to deal with after you're gone. And then I think, you know, legacy, like I have a, uh, a son who's in high school and I'm trying to spend, I, I'm trying to spend as much time as I can with him. And I think it's, you know, not to go back to the drinking, but I was numb for so long and I don't want that to be my legacy. I want to be a present father in my kids' lives. And I wasn't that. So now it's about quality time with my family and being present with them. I want to be, uh, that I want to be the father that, that, uh, was involved with and not, not overbearing, but, but I asked him sometimes, how can I be a better dad? How can I be a better dad to you guys? Sometimes they have an answer. Sometimes they don't. Sometimes I don't want to hear the answer. Uh, but, but I do ask them that. And, and so it's just leaving that kind of, you know, good, good parent legacy. And yeah, a, a friend of mine said to me, it was actually on a show we were recording like this. And he's like, how do your kids spell love? I was like, uh, L with a heart as an O-V-E. He's like, no, you big dummy. It's like T-I-M-E. And it's so true. Whenever I'm hanging with my girls and I'm like, what do you? What did you enjoy about our day today? Because I'll do daddy-daughter days with them, spend about four hours, you know, unplugged, no phones, nothing. And we just go out, do whatever they want. And they're always like, just spending time with you, dad. And dude, that always is my heart. Like, oh. I was like, I'll just start crying right there on the spot, bro. Because <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, that's, yeah. that's yes, I won the day. Um, so I love that you said, um, you know, really just spending quality time with your son, your family. Yeah. Um, is truly just, man, there's nothing that can replace that at all. No amount of money in the world um, for, for, for your totally. kids. Um, so that's great, man. Thank you for sharing that. I, I want to get into um, a little bit of, and we've had 
super vulnerable moments here, bro. Like you can't get more vulnerable than some of the story that can't even imagine, but maybe there is, but embracing the F word, brother, maybe a less in life, maybe more in business that you could share. And, and, and the audience here won't have to uh, make the mistakes that we've made uh, through the lessons that you've learned through failure. Boy. I mean, there's, there's a couple of, of great failures, if you will. Um, and, you know, a, a couple is along the way we've, 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 uh, we've had some expensive failures. Okay. Like putting the wrong debt on the property and, um, and having a, a massive prepayment penalty, uh, that we didn't plan on. Uh, fortunately times were good and we were able to work our way out of that. But, you know, we've made some mistakes on when we probably should have asked for more help and, and said, you know, that was the wrong debt to put on that property built a huge house in uh, Snowshoe, West Virginia, a ski resort house and finished it in July of 2007. And man, I'll tell you what, it, I had to really, really, it wasn't a failure, I, but I had to hold that house for five years and I had to become a expert in short-term rental because it was, a, it was a ski rental house. And I had to pivot from being a developer to becoming a, 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 an expert in short-term rental. And I, and, I, and I ramped that thing up, this is 2007, to being the highest grossing uh, single family home at a at ski resort in West Virginia. So I, that failure taught me a lot. It made me pivot. It made me shift my business model. And I got out of that without losing any money. Wow. Oh man. So, so, but it, it took a lot of work and it took a, it, it took a complete shift because I wasn't selling that thing then, uh, in, during the great recession. And, and so that was a big one. And there's a lot of other little failures along the way, but those are probably two of the, two of the biggest, biggest ones. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I love the 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 crash course in short-term rentals that you had to. I mean, yeah. I'm sure those lessons that you learned, you wouldn't go back. Like you maybe you broke even or you know, maybe you lost a couple grand, who knows, but it but it, like you said, you didn't lose money in the end, but you gained a ton of knowledge. So did you take apply that knowledge into any new STR sort of short-term Airbnb rental activity? Um you know, we've always had the house I'm sitting in here. We SDR'd this from 2003 through we're actually just about last year. We just completed a renovation here. So, you know, it did allow me to to continue and ramp up the plan with the our other uh, holdings that we had. So it made me much better at that game, that's for sure. But it, it didn't become any type of a, a core business. Now, I will say on the financing side and the loan, now I, I seek out a lot of help to make sure I don't make that mistake again. <laughs> Really spent a lot of time making sure that that's the right uh, solution. What what was that mistake? If if you could share, you know, we put a we put a CMBS loan on a on a property, and it just really wasn't. And the market was changing, and we did a lot of value add on that. And if anybody knows about CMBS, it, it, you have to. It's a large, pre, essentially a large, very large prepayment penalty. And so, if we would not have have forced so much value in that community we would be probably still sitting on that loan because the prepayment penalty was absolutely huge. So it's not an appropriate loan uh, for that type of property. It just was not the right fit. And maybe it was just being young and dumb. And we thought, oh, well, we haven't done a CMBS loan. We'll try it out. Mm. That was an expensive lesson there, bud. Is it more? About a million and a half dollar. Oh, wow. Jeez. Yeah. Is that more of like a bridge loan? Forgive my ignorance here. Uh, I, I'm not as active in real estate as I was several years ago. But yeah, would it mean it's a short-term loan? It's not something that you want to... Like, what's the right property for that CMBS type of loan? 
You know, I, I think you see CMBS loans in more retail and office and hotel world. It's not really a multifamily. So maybe the real lesson learned there, Eric, was stay in your lane, stay and do what other people in your industry are doing. And don't try to don't try to go out on the sidelines and do something a little bit different. Not all the time. You know, it just wasn't appropriate uh, at the end of the day. It might have been if we were going to stay in that property for for 15 years. But, you know, this was 2017, 2018. Things were changing so rapidly. It just wasn't the right application. We should have gone with a, tr- a traditional family loan or yeah. something. Ah, gotcha. So it, it's funny because back in the day in 07, uh, I think bigger pockets maybe was around, but it was in its infancy, you know. But now, and, and with YouTube and, and, and communities like Bigger Pockets or even GoBundance, and that uh, you'd have someone to ask, or you'd have a forum or a place to go to be like, "Hey, has anybody ever heard of this CNBS yeah. loan?" And you know, whereas back then you're just like, "Boom, yeah, looks looks sounds good, let's <laughs> rock." Uh, but yeah, there yeah. now hopefully someone won't make that mistake. You know, hear this and then also uh, you know have other channels that they can check out. Um, so yeah. yeah, brother, let's, um, let's, let's dive into, uh, the man, so many ways I could go. I have a million other questions that we'll probably have to chat uh, <laughs> at a separate time. Um, but yeah, let's, let, oh, there's what I wanted to ask you. If you're building a business, you know, somebody's listening to this and that they love what they're hearing. What are some of the critical books or podcasts or people that have influenced you that you could recommend to the audience? I'll tell you, the, the book I've been reading right now uh, is uh, First to a Million by fellow Gerbro Dan Sheeks, which is the book for teens. I love that book, and um, everyone in my family has read it, myself, wife included. My kids are reading it, and um, it's just a great book to talk about that there's alternate ways, and what is financial freedom, and talking about it with a 12-year-old, right? Like, It's just a good book to read with your kids, and it, and it makes me think, that, hey, there is an alternate path besides what society tells you, you know, that you don't have to go to college uh, and you don't have, you can, you can buy a double, you can do all these, all these different ways. And that's okay. Sometimes society tells you to go this way and it's okay to go that way on those things. And so it's been a great book that we've been sharing as a family. Uh, on the other side, I've been, gosh, what I've been reading. I've been reading a lot of underwriting books lately. Rob Beardsley. Um, oh gosh, I'm drawing a blank the best underwriting book ever. He just had a conference in Vegas. Yeah. Uh, Fair, Joe, is it Joe Fairless? Joe Fairless, I think? yeah. Been reading, his, been reading his book lately. I love Traction uh, for operating EOS for your business. Yeah, Gina Wickman. Like that. Yep, yep, Gina Wickman. And um, man, I just listen to a ton of, ton of, I like the Real Estate Guys radio. Uh, it gets, gets you a bunch of different opinions. Yeah. Um, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's what I've been into lately. That's awesome, brother. Yeah. I had Dan, uh, Sheik's, uh, recently episode 261, where you can hear all okay. about that book and, um, yeah, yeah. He's, he's a great dude and, and, and he's doing a uh, wonderful things, uh, for our, for the next generation coming up and inspiring them as well and giving us the tools, right. To, to kind of yeah, yeah. begin the conversation, which is great. Um, so yeah, brother, we're winding down to the very last question here, which is in one word. How do you help people? You know, just collaborating. Um, you know, I, I like to work with a lot of different people. Maybe there's a project that you have that is maybe a little bit too big or you don't know what direction to go. I love game planning and collaborating with people. I've, I usually have a couple of interns that work for me and we'll put on like CrowdStreet and we'll watch deal pitches and then we'll break it down like it's Sports Center. And so like, I love that kind of... <laughs> 
I love that kind of, you know, um, discussion about, okay, well, here's the, here's the set of facts that we have to work with. How do we best approach it? What do we do? So I like, and I guess that is the collaboration component, the game planning, the strategizing, um, with people on, okay, maybe there's a better way. Like maybe there's a different way. Maybe you didn't look at it that way. Let's look at it this way. So it's that kind of stuff that I, I really like to do. Love it. Love it. That's awesome, brother. Collaboration. Yeah, it's good. It's a good word. So people are going to like and love what they hear here and they want to reach out. What's the best way they can do that? Well, you can go to my personal website. That's natefisher.net, N-A-T-E-F-I-S-H-E-R.net, uh, or my company, peak10group.com. So peak10group.com. That's, uh, that's the best way to get me. Sweet. All right, brother. Well, I appreciate you, your time, and the conversation yeah. uh, very much. Thank man. you, man. Looking forward to, to, more, to more chats with you, man. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it, everybody. That's it for now, folks. If you'd like to stay in touch with the show, you can contact me directly at eric at onairbrands.com. That's eric, E-R-I-K at onairbrands.com. And if you aren't already subscribed to the show, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or any other podcast platform. And please recommend us to one or two people in your circle. That will go a long, long way to growing our community. Also, if you could rate us on iTunes, just take a moment uh, to give us five stars. And if they have more stars, give all of them. We'd greatly appreciate you for that. And always, always like, subscribe, and share, share, share this show on social media. We'd love you for that as well. And if you have any ideas or want to hear something on a future show, please hit us up. Maybe you have a question for one of my guests or you want to uh, tell a story, a success story. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that, especially if you're on the Anchor platform. You can leave us a voice message. We'd love to incorporate you and your voice on a future episode. Once again, folks, thanks again for listening to the Entrepreneur Circle. Please like, subscribe, and share share, share, share. I am Eric Cabral. And as always, remember, your network is your net worth. So get in the circle. Mm -hmm.